This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast, and this morning I'm with Ethan Young, and Ethan is one of seven candidates in the upcoming Fagantini Duddingston by-election. And Ethan, you're the SNP candidate. So how long have you been involved with the SNP? Well, I think I've been involved since around 2005. So about 15 years I've been a member of the SNP. And have you stood for election before? Uh, no, I've ran, I've ran for selection. Uh, I ran for selection within the party for the Leaf Walk by-election. That was, that was last year. And also I ran for selection for the Westminster snap election last year in Edinburgh South. So both times you were pipped at the post? Absolutely, yeah. But it all added to uh, the experience and, and gave me a, a lot of kind of... Uh, yeah, gave me a lot more experience and and uh, I guess kind of know-how and how to, to put yourself forward and to present yourself and to how to articulate the, the, the issues that you, you believe in so, so that people in the short space of time you get to speak to people, you can make the biggest impact. What are the issues that you're campaigning on? <clears throat> Fundamentally, I want to be a, a, a voice for, for the, the people in our community. We've not had an SNP councillor since our last councillor had to step down due to ill health. Uh, and I very much want to be able to take people's issues into the council uh, and, and, and address them as their councillor. But also, I want to be able to tell people about what's going on in council, why tough decisions are being made, uh, and, and to ensure that, that they know that I'm. Uh, getting the, the issues across uh, for there's various, various issues that are affecting us right now. COVID-19 has shone a spotlight on a lot of the, the cracks in our system, especially around things like health and social care. Uh, I personally use uh, social care myself and I want to ensure that uh, we have a more robust system where everyone has the care and support that they need and also that our, that our carers, whether they're paid or not, are valued uh, and that we actually recognise that as a key part of society. Uh, there's also things like transport. I really want to improve local transport uh, for the area that has been cut years and recently as well. And I'm hearing a lot from our community that people have had their kind of travel networks cut off uh, which has had a big impact on their lives there's also things around around housing as well uh, now we as, as uh, a party within the, the council are doing great work on uh, providing new social housing uh, but also I want to ensure that we're maintaining the council houses that we do have in this area because I think we, we can be doing more to ensure that these houses are maintained so that people will have the, the safe and secure homes that they need. Yeah, it's a it's a big problem. I mean, COVID-19 has brought to the fore many problems and a lot of that, of course, is, is being addressed by charity. Yes, I think, I think there has been, and we've been aware of a lot of great work that's been going on during this time. Uh, and I, I would quite like to, to harness that. Not that I believe people should be relying on food banks or relying on help 
in that way all the time. But what we've seen is what can happen when people have more time to focus in, on, on their, their neighbours and their community uh, and that people do rally around and people do want community, they do want to support each other, they do want to make sure that people aren't alone and isolated and, and needing uh, medicines or, or food. And I think that's that's really key. We need to harness that, you know. And that's this is just isn't a community thing; it's a societal thing. And we need to be thinking about more progressive ways in which we can allow people to do what they inherently want to do, and that is to 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 be with people and commune with people. I would say on a broad level. And I think things like a four-day week, we need to be looking at as a wider society to to allow people not to kind of work themselves to the bone and then spend the weekend recovering before they, they go back to work again. You know, we need time to actually uh, contribute to community because we, we, we gain a lot from that. Uh, and I think we, we've learned that through COVID and we need to harness that before we go back to our old ways. Tell us a little bit about you and what, what you get up to and what you perhaps what you work as. At the minute, I'm a civic participation manager at Inclusion Scotland and that means that I am a responsible for working to reduce the barriers that disabled people face when getting involved in politics at all levels and we work on things like public appointment boards as well. Broadly speaking our vision at Inclusion Scotland is, is about ensuring that disabled people can not just live independently but also take part in public and, and civic life uh, and, and we look through the lens of the social model where we say that the barriers that, that disable us are uh, a product of, of society and the way it's shaped and attitudes in society so so we work to reduce those barriers whether it's environmental barriers structural barriers or attitudinal barriers. I know that you're a wheelchair user. Yeah, well, I mean, it's in a way, me, when I came into this job, having experience in the world of politics was very key because I'm, I'm helping uh, to, to influence that. So it was key that I had an understanding, uh, but also I'll, I'll still be putting myself forward for other things because I think that it adds to my skill set and understanding that the barriers other disabled people face and the more I understand that the more we can help to to reduce the barriers to, to full participation in politics and it's key because we see that disabled people constantly and consistently are left behind whether it's during pandemic whether it's change of governments whether it's a change change of policy like austerity we see how austerity is affecting us all the way down to, to council level and it's disabled people that are always uh, at the, the front line of that, you know, and until we have a more representative democracy where disabled people are having influence in the policies and decisions that are being made, then we will continue to be to be left behind and not be at the forefront of, of uh, people's minds when they're shaping policy. Do you live in the Craigentinny Duddingston Ward? Yes, so I, I live in a Marineville area, yeah, just, just next to Lock-in Park. That's a nice area to live. So tell me a little bit then about your 
your own kind of uh, history of living there and uh, you know getting about or yeah so so i've lived here for just over three years now and i actually i used to drive when i I started living here but driving was becoming more difficult uh, and i eventually decided uh, that, that I wasn't able to to drive the, the current car that I had anymore. So I use public transport and understand how uh, fundamental public transport is to people being able to participate in, in society in the way that they choose. Uh, so that's something that's very key to me. Uh, and another, another thing as, as well is, is being close to Lock End Park has been uh, really good because during the pandemic, uh, well, we're still during the pandemic, but I was I was isolating uh, for quite a bit of that uh, and not even able to get to the park. But when things relaxed a little bit, it was so good to be able to get round to the park and use our green space. And I think that's another key learning is that where people are living in flats or houses where they, they don't have gardens, we need our green spaces, you know, we, we need that for our, our mental health to be able to, to get out into space and, and outside outside the house because if, if we're going to live in the world where we are going to have to continue to, to be in our houses more, we need to ensure that there are spaces for people to, when they can get out of their house, to, to go and reap the, the benefits of, of that and that's me coming back to housing as well we need to ensure that that we're not selling all our green space land to uh, to build houses because because we need that we can't just completely uh, overdevelop our areas because for down the line we'll, we'll live to regret it once you start building you can't get it back absolutely ethan it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you this morning i wish you well in the upcoming by-election and i do hope that perhaps we'll uh, speak to you again before then yes please anytime it would be uh, i'm always happy to chat and thank you so much for your time and uh, getting this interview lined up thank you much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk. And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk